Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. How y'all doing? Welcome to the Hushmore Black Forum. It's Saturday, October 24, 20, 2015. Welcome to the Hushmore Black Forum. You got me, Hushmore, driving this train this evening. You know, our model out there is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not necessarily sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out there on blog talk. Uh, we, uh, we don't like to get loud. We like to keep everything on an even keel out here. Uh, we advocate, advocate for social justice, for justice, on behalf of Americans of African descent. And not because we don't love everybody. Well, let you know we do love everybody. But by extension, we uh, find ourselves advocating for Americans of African descent. We are a part of that community, and Lord knows we need all the advocacy we can get. Yeah, Facebook friends, what's up? Got a great show for you. We come to you every Saturday from seven to nine over Blog Talk Radio, y'all. You can find us right here every Saturday from seven to nine, uh, dealing with issues that affect. Uh, Americans reference that, that community. We uh, try to, and that's just about everything, by the way. Everything in the news of this uh, society uh, has an impact on us, on uh, the black community. Uh, so we, so just about everything that happens uh, is newsworthy. <laughs> and we, we cover a wide variety of uh, subjects that we do out here on the Hushmo uh, Black Forum. We decipher, that's what we what we do best, decipher uh, information, information coming from the top down to the bottom and from the bottom going up to the top. We right in the middle of it, try to, uh, try to make sense of it for uh, my audience. We'll break it down for you. Got a call in number one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. It's a free number. We don't take many calls, but we will. If you got something important to say from time to time, we'll uh we'll grab a call. I've got a great show for you this evening, so y'all uh just have with call a friend, tell them to tune in to black. Go to my website, Black, about uh, subject the current situation. It's been a topic of conversation. I'll check the website. Over the last 150 years or so. Uh, in the country, and we kind of 
provide uh, analysis uh, for these events and try to make sense of it. Plus, we delve into uh, some of my family's history here and how racism uh, impacted it. So I think it's interesting to read. I'm not a trained author, so you're going to have some uh, grammar <laughs> errors to deal with, but be that as it may, I think that I get my point across pretty well. I get my point across pretty well, I believe. You'll be able to uh, follow racism and hate in America reality. Uh, pick it up. Give me some feedback. Hillary Clinton. Did anybody see it? Testified in front of the, the this Benghazi committee. I don't know. This thing happened four years ago. Yeah, going on four years ago. Why? Why this is still in the news? Well, we know why it's still in the news because Hillary Clinton is running for president, and this political committee, who's supposed to be uh, supposedly uh, working for the American people, that spent over five and a half million dollars. Uh, investigating what happened. Then I spent over $5 million over, with this committee has spent over $5 million investigating what happened four years ago in Benghazi. For, for, to what end, I don't know. Trying to, uh, trying to damage uh, this uh, candidate for president, as far as I can tell. I can't see anything else that they're, uh, I can't tell anything else that they uh, are aiming for. This is to for somehow to, to uh, uh, get to the truth for the families. The family that had nine investigations into the death of their loved ones over at Big Gaza. And the truth, though, you know, this is a war. They're in a war zone. They, are, they were in a war zone. Simple as that. Libya. A failed state, you know, a dangerous uh, environment. Uh, people get killed in those kind of environments. I was in Vietnam. Got shot up over there. Lucky to be alive here today, y'all. It is but by the grace of God that I'm alive here today. Any war is dangerous. War is dangerous. Man's greatest inhumanity toward his fellow man. That's what war is about. And man has been involved in the war since uh, the beginning of time. Man has been involved in war since the beginning of time, killing each other. So, yeah, I mean, I, the government owes some sort of explanation to the families on what happened. I think they've done that. I think they've uh, done an adequate job of uh, covering that. Uh, somehow, this committee is about trying to find out whether or not uh, uh, some kind of timeline was <laughs> in this in telling the Trying to ascertain whether or not some kind of timeline was 
was followed or something. I, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I know for me, one of my loved ones got killed. I, you know, I don't need to know all, all the craziness that uh, the Republicans are talking about. Uh, I understand the pitfalls of war. The pitfalls of war. Uh, I don't know. I, one thing I did sign up for, somebody's got a petition out there for GOP to re, repay uh, the taxpayers that five and a half million dollars they spent on this investigation. When there were seven more investigations prior to theirs, and they haven't turned up anything new that's relevant to uh, uh, the circumstances of uh, the death of those four Americans. Eleven and a half hours. Uh, Hillary Clinton sat there. It was amazing. I watched a, a large part of it. I mean, I tuned away and came back. I was still alone, y'all. Long as something I've seen. I've never seen anybody interrogated for eleven and a half, eleven hours. Never seen. Uh, by most accounts, Hillary came out the winner in that thing. By most accounts, I'm not sure the public was going to say they, uh, not even most Republicans, uh, said that she, uh, had the better hand in that thing. We should all be, everybody should get their name on that petition. Out on the internet, there go look up uh, Benghazi committee and demand that they uh, refund the taxpayer. They wasted five and a half million dollars of our tax dollars. So big storm, the most powerful storm that ever has uh, been recorded uh, in that in this part of the world. Yeah, Hurricane Patricia hit Mexico with uh, winds over 165 miles an hour. Yeah. That thing had winds of 200 miles an hour coming in. Uh, wow. <laughs> Something's going on with the weather, y'all. Yeah. You know, somebody was in church the other day, came back, said they had a prophet there, prophesying about the city of Atlanta flooding. And the city of Atlanta sitting 1,100 feet above uh, sea level, y'all. Yeah. It's set quite high. If uh, this thing ever flooded around here, to, to the extent that uh, it caused a catastrophe, uh, we we in some serious trouble, y'all. Yeah, let me tell you, we in some serious trouble. But I don't know. We'll see. I, you know, whatever will be, will be. So goes the song. And that's that's just a fact, yeah. Whatever the man upstairs uh, got drawn up for us, we <laughs> we we can't uh, we can do very little about it now. Get our horse, house in order. <laughs> we better do that because they said no man knows uh, uh, his uh, when his last uh, day gonna be on this. Uh, on this earth. Nobody knows. 
it pays to be prepared uh, at all times, at least uh, to have some kind of relationship with uh, the man upstairs. I'm not a preacher, y'all. We ain't going to preach out here. Got uh, me and the Hushbow driving uh, this train this evening. Welcome to the Hushbow Black Forum. Saturday, uh, October 24th. It's about uh, 13 minutes after the hour, y'all. Seven. At least the standard. Does daylight saver time? What does daylight saver time kick in? Or what? what is it? Uh, not, is it daylight savings time or and go back to regular straight time? That's got to be coming up here. It's what, October, almost November? When, when does that come in? When does, when, when does the uh, clock change here? Or have they changed? I don't know. Must be sometime pretty soon. Anybody know the peanut gallery? Daylight saving time. Anybody know? Yeah. When you need somebody to know something, of course. Nobody know anything. I, you know, I I need to. I need to get rid of half tree. I need to do like uh, Jeff Bush, get rid of half this big weed I got on my staff for you. Know, but some of them do a pretty good job. I, I can't say everybody. But I need to get rid of half the staff that cut my expenses. Yeah, Bush cut the expenses by 40%. You know, fire some people, cut some other people's, uh, cut some other people's, uh, Paycheck back. Maybe I'll start that. Cut everybody's money back. I, <laughs> I didn't get no kind of amen for that. Oh, people start frowning up when you start talking about their money and cutting back on it. They start frowning up when you start talking about their money. November 1st, okay. Next, somebody, somebody do know something. November 1st, somebody said, okay, 2 a.m. Sunday. Oh, daylight savings time in, so I guess we go back to regular straight time. Is that what it is? Okay. Next weekend, y'all. Next, we got, our next show is what, the 31st, last day of the month. And then we got, we get to back to straight time next Sunday. Yeah, it used to be that, uh, I think they added some weeks to this thing. They added some weeks to it. To it. So next Saturday before you when you go to bed next Saturday, set your clocks back or up, whatever. Which way do it go? Spring forward, fall back, <coughs> set it back. That's all we got to keep up with now. Spring forward, fall back. Springtime, set the clock up, out and fall, <coughs> break it back on the house. <clears throat> the days are getting sh- the days are getting shorter. You know, the days start getting shorter from the first day of, of summer, I guess, until the what first day of winter. I think that's how that thing works. Days start to get shorter, and uh, first day of winter is the shortest day of the year. Shortest, I mean, by daylight. Uh, the days start getting darker quicker. Now, it's 7 o'clock here in ATL, already it's kind of dark outside. We used to be here about a month or so ago. That would be 8, 8.30 before it got this dark. But, yeah, as we approach, approach uh, winter, your days are getting daylight, less and less daylight. 
women. Then from the first of winter until the first of summer, that's just the opposite. They start to uh, get longer again. Or you listen to the earth in relation to the sun. Y'all know how that stuff works. Come on. I'm knee deep in it, y'all. I got three papers due Monday for uh, African American studies. I'm in school again. And I'm cramming for an algebra test uh, Tuesday. So I'm knee deep in it. I'm, when I get off the show at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be hitting the books till about 12. I'll be in my books about 12, maybe 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. You know? I got I got a lot of work to do. I, I ain't got time. I got two more days to get the papers out. And uh, I got this certain jury thing in the mail here. I got a you know, I'm I'm seventy years old, y'all. I and I can hop out of it. So but I gotta get I gotta get this thing. They send you out a form saying if you wanna hop out of it at age seventy you have to get the <laughs> validate your age and take it to a notary and send the form back in. I gotta do all that this weekend. I, I I'm supposed to be on jury duty next Thursday. And I ain't got you know, I'm too old for that. I'd be done since to, 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 somebody to jail on some jury. So, I, you know, I don't, they don't need me on no jury. They don't, I, they don't need to ask me on no jury. I'd be done since somebody to jail. Let me, I'm going to let you know that right now. If I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not in the mood for it. So, I don't, I don't need to be on no jury. Uh, uh, so, I'm, I'm going to, I gotta get this thing filled out here and get back down, get it back in there. Age affidavit. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Or every day one thing is another. And I, I, I don't pull more jury duty than anybody in this family. Uh, Seems like to me every other. Every other jury thing come into this house. Well, everyone that come in looks like it's for me. Looks like every jury thing come. Now I'm 70 years old. They got me. Hey, man, I'm sitting me a jury thing in a parking permit. Huh? Come on. Y'all. Hey, you get $25 for that for jury duty though. I might go down there Saturday to collect that $25. I, <laughs> hey, they don't save my game, y'all. I might go down there and get that $25 and have this uh, affidavit in there on my way out of there. Because I think all you have to do to get the $25 is show up. I might just show up, I might just show up Thursday morning and, get, and turn this thing in and see if I can go to the cash register and grab my $25 and be up out of there. That's what I think I'll do. Well, we will. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, uh, what, what else? Hey, y'all. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here uh, on the Hushmore platform. We'll be right back uh, after the after the, after the break. You got me, Hushmore. Y'all hang in there. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
kind of neat. It's got the uh, one of the things that was just looking at uh, uh, dates to remember uh, articles of confederation says September 11th through the 14th, 1786. A meeting is convened in Annapolis, Maryland to discuss the economics economic instability of the country under the Articles of Confederation. Only five states showed up, but they, they called for another meeting to take place in Philadelphia in the following year with the express purpose of revising the Articles of Confederation because uh, that's what uh, your country was living uh, in, uh, uh, under. In 1786, September of 1786, they were still living under Articles of Confederation. This is that's 11 years after uh, Independence Day, after the uh, uh, Revolutionary War with England, July of uh, 1776, I guess it was. So this is, you know, they still living uh, under the Articles of Confederation, which pretty much. Uh, 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 was a decentralized uh, form of government, but each state being its own, uh, its own little uh, mini, mini country, with its own uh, constitution as the guiding uh, legal document. Supersede well, we didn't have constitution. A federal constitution wasn't completed yet. And that's what they, this meeting is about. They're starting to see that uh, the article. Confederation has some limitations in terms of dealing with, uh, among other things, uh, uh, interstate commerce. Uh, among other things, interstate commerce, where you are selling goods across state lines. How do you regulate that traffic? Uh, so, and that was serious. That's a serious issue. Interstate commerce is a serious issue when you start selling goods from one state to another. Uh, who's putting tax on it, tariffs and all that stuff, uh, get to be, uh, uh, get to, uh, to the point where it can bog down their entire economy of the, uh, of the country. And back then, a new country, it had a profound effect. So there were means to try to hash all that stuff out. And uh, they did, in fact, uh, meet again. Uh Uh, they did, in fact, meet again in uh, 1887 in Philadelphia on May 14th to revise Articles of Confederation there, uh, out of which came out the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> out of which came the U.S. Constitution there, enacted in And I acted in uh, 1789. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, something is in the air. You know, the host will suffer with hay fever. And that thing might go the whole year long. It's no particular season. You think it would be. 
because that particular season. Mine last the whole year round sometimes. Day, I was back in the backyard, back in the back forty, collecting golf balls. I, I, well, yeah, I got a land that I, I could hit golf balls on, so I hit golf balls from the front of my yard to the back. And uh, this tree's pretty much in the back there. We were scrolling up quite a bit, so I hit golf balls into it to keep my swing, keep the old swing intact. Every once in a while, I go back there and uh, collect them all up. Well, I need some more to hit, you know, just uh, practice ball. So I was out there today in the woods. That's where I, that's why I'm sneezing. That's when I get in the thicket like that. Uh, that's what happens. <clears throat> That's what happens. I get back there, and uh, sure enough, I start this. I pick up something, and it doesn't take much to set, set off. Uh, let's see about uh, Hurricane Patricia. This guy yeah, says something about that. This is kind of warm water. Thank you. 
University of Miami today got beat 58 to nothing by Clemson. Uh, you know, I, I've never seen a, a Miami team play uh, that bad of a game. 58 to nothing? Now, I'm almost sure somebody's going to get fired. I just don't know who, but somebody's going to get fired after that game today against Clemson. Clemson ain't no, I want Clemson got a pretty good team, I guess, but I didn't think they'd go in there and beat Miami. It was uh, in Miami. <clears throat> I didn't think they'd go in there and beat Miami 58 to nothing on on the U's uh, home field. <laughs> somebody, somebody, if, you know, I'm just saying, somebody need to get fired. Now, I, I would be shocked if somebody don't get fired. I can't wait till Michael Irvin show up on TV tomorrow. I know they're going to be riding him like uh, they're going to be all over Michael Irvin. In fact, he might not even come to work tomorrow because <laughs> they're going to be on him. Yeah, 58 to nothing to you. Wow. In fact, you could use uh, use it back now. You probably go right there and do better than the, the youngsters they got out there on that field. I don't know what. To- I don't know what my team, Georgia Tech, is doing tonight. Uh, I hear somebody's at the door. I ain't got time to go to the door. Hey, somebody get that door for me. See what it is. Somebody want to warn us up and turn them away, tell them I'm not here. Tell them the hustle is not here. He'll be back. Come back tomorrow. I don't know, y'all. We, uh, president's call, calling for limiting the number of tests that kids in school get. Right now, they get about 99 tests before they get to the third grade. Yeah, that's too many tests, y'all. Shoot. That's too many tests. I mean, what you're testing, especially when tests are wrote by somebody else that don't have any idea of what your uh, of what your environment is about, and uh, you know what's relevant to you and what you've uh, experienced. So yeah, I think it's a good step. I've never seen a presidential campaign like this. Uh, thing that uh, Donald Trump has got going on. And he wiping the rest of the Republicans out. I haven't said not one thing that made sense to me <clears throat> yet. He haven't said not one thing that makes sense to me yet, yeah. 
But we got people out there that's going to vote for you. How long this thing going to last? I don't know. I know the Republican establishment right now is getting kind of worried about the possibility of Donald Trump winding up their candidate, their standard bearer. That would be something, wouldn't it? Donald Trump? That would be something. Donald Trump and I were opposed here. Ben Carson leading with 28. Donald Trump got 18. Tia Cruz and Rubio about 10 each. Is that? <laughs> Boy, that Republican Party is scary, y'all. That thing is scary. Where you got all the uh, good old Dixiecrats? They got control of that thing. Good old Dixiecrats. I, uh, that thing is scary looking at it, though. Is looking at it with Donald Trump the uh, favorite to win the thing. No, he said that uh, it's no matter that he got any policies or know what the hell he's doing. Uh, we need men with energy. <laughs> Saying that uh, Jeb Bush is low energy and Ben Carson is, is even lower. <laughs>
Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
don't know how it is that I like that. Correct the black player. Sanders fan right now, y'all. 
I don't know for sure if Murray's going to make it, but I'm going to vote for it as long as I can vote for it. Now, Hillary wind up being the candidate, but I'm going to vote for her in the general election. But until then, I'm voting for uh, the socialists. Not because I'm so crazy about socialism, but uh, if you look at our country and how the society made up, there's a lot of socialism uh, incorporated into uh, the, the country as it is, such as Social Security, such as Medicare. Uh, yeah, so we've got we've got remnants of uh, socialism incorporated into our culture. It's been there for uh, a long, long time. Socialism, one of the things it does, it kind of put checks on capitalism. Capitalism uh, can run amok. And uh, socialism do uh, is a, a form of uh, curtailing the uh, imbalances of uh, capitalism. It does do that. So I'm I'm going for uh, the socialist as long as I can vote for it. We uh, I'm working on a paper, y'all. ideology set. An ideology set dealing with uh, social stratification. Social stratification. I'm back to the part of where it gets to conflict theory. Conflict theory. Conflict theory interprets social structures as the outcome of competition for scarce rewards. Wow. That's heavy, y'all. You gotta, this is halfway into uh, this paper, Conflict Theory. Conflict Theory interprets social structure as the outcomes of competition for scarce rewards. The rewards for uh, your achievement within the society. Whatever those achievements are, uh, when you start talking about social stratification, you're dealing with uh, uh, many groups of uh, people that uh, live within a society and where they fit on that totem pole. And uh, uh, depending on how, how high they're up on the totem pole, uh, is going to depend, well, depending on how, where they fit on that totem pole determines how high they rise within the society and their rewards for uh, uh, ascending to uh, whatever level it is that they uh, ascend to, the rewards that's uh, divvied out for that ascension. Uh, and there's uh, there's only a scarce amount of rewards. <laughs> this thing goes on the same time. Uh, social structure as the outcome of competition for scarce rewards. Individuals and groups struggle to claim high status, and once that status is gained, will fight to maintain their position in the social hierarchy. The struggle between those who control the economy and those who must sell their labor, their labor 
was central to the uh, strata, well, was central to the work of Karl Marx, as well as the claim that the dominant ideas of society represent the world view of its dominant strata. Contemporary conflict theorists have expanded this thesis, borrowing the concept of ideological as money, as money. From the 20th century, Italian theorist Antonio Gramsci has money means control, and ideological has money refers to control over culture, objects, and symbols. In other words, not only are those at the top of the power property hierarchies able to pass their highest stratus on to offspring, but through their control of educational and religious institutions and the mass media, their view of the world comes to be accepted as truth. Wow. The ideology of those in power will, of course, rationalize, explain with reasons that have no foundation in reality, their position. We are here at the top because we deserve to be, and others are at the bottom because they lack certain qualities of man or temperament. Gramsci's original goal was to explain how European workers could embrace anti-labor fascist governments. Contemporary conflict theorists in North America are similarly intrigued over the failure of a socialist movement to emerge in the United States. One answer is that workers also subscribe to the ideology of the dominant groups, which is consistently reinforced as Gitlin's 1979 notes. Even in the structure and content of television programming, support for the conflict, support for the conflict model of stratification is also reported by Squires, 1977, who finds that expansion of the educational system in North America has not reduced economic inequality, but rather has served to reinforce cultural hegemony. Hegemony, hegemony. Certainly, the conflict, the conflict view, received empirical support in a study of the use of police power in various states in the United States. Jacobson Britt, 1979, found that homicides by police officers were most frequent in states with the greatest income inequality and largest percentage of blacks. The authors conclude that force or its threat is essential for preserving order in societies characterized by extreme inequality. Well, that's heavy. This is a this is a paper y'all talking about conflict theory. Says that the authors conclude that force or its threat is essential for preserving order in societies characterized by extreme inequality. Thus, in the states with the largest black population has the lowest income uh, percentage of their uh, the largest uh, percentage of the population is at the bottom of the economic strata. 
The functional and conflict perspectives need not be considered mutually exclusive. Gerhard Lenski has pointed out that the functional model could account for an original stratification hierarchy, but that conflict factors are important in the maintenance of inequality. Wow. But the conflict factors are important in the maintenance of inequality, maintenance of inequality long after the basic needs of the group have been met. In other words, people with unusual talents can claim or amaze disproportionate power or wealth at certain historical periods. However, what's established they seek to pass along these advantages to their children, whether or not the offspring have any special talent. Transmission of social status is possible because members because members of each generation do not all start out as equals in social position. The analogy is often made to a foot race in which some individuals will naturally be more swift than others, but some women will also have better equipment and training provided by their parents, and still others will be disadvantaged by poor diet, lack of training, and inadequate equipment. More importantly, the rumors do not begin at the same starting line. As is made clear in the study of social inequality, explain the existence of social hierarchies is one task. Defining the measures of existence of stratification is quite another, and one that has preoccupied sociologists for the past century. Regarding ideological hegemony, hegemony. His money, his money, and the meaning of looping proletariat, looping proletariat, the struggle between those who control the economy and those who must sell their labor was central to the work of Karl Marx, as was the claim that the dominant ideas of society represent the worldview of its dominant stratus. The struggle, let's go with that again, y'all. This is heavy. The struggle between those who control the economy and those who must sell their labor was central work of Marx, as was the claim that the dominant ideas of society represent the worldview of its dominant strata. Contemporary conflict theorists have explained this thesis, borrowing the concept of ideological hegemony from the 20th century Italian theorist Antonio Gramsci. His, his money means control and ideological. His money refers to control over culture, objects, and symbols. In other words, not only are those at the top of the power and property hierarchies able to pass their high status on to their offsprings,
but through their control of educational, religious, institutional, and mass media, their view of the world comes to be accepted as true. The ideology of those in power will, of course, rationalize, explain this reason that they have no foundation in reality, their position. We are here at the top because we deserve to be in those. You know, the original goal was to. Yes, uh, okay, I can do that. Let's see. Family income in the United States is kind of old graph. Percentage of income received by each fifth of families. An explanation taken in 1972 figures turning them into something a little more understandable. Suppose that you had 100 people representing 100% of families. Divide these 100 families up in five groups containing 20 people each, representing the five fifths of the families. And each person is each group, each group receiving a portion of share of the income. We will divide $100 among the members of each group. That's the top 20% of the families that nearly eight times as much as the lowest 20% in 1972. Bob, the top 5% of families made nearly 12 times more money as the lowest group. If you seek to make the same kind of comparison over the other time spans, such as divide the percentage by, made by each group above the lowest by the percentage received by the lowest. The resulting triggers will show the factor or multiplier that relates the higher group's income to the lowest. One additional statistic in about 1980, black families' income was approximately 57% of white families' income, meaning that the average black family received an income of $57 for every hundred that the average white family received. The highest it ever was was in the 20th century. In the early 1970s, when it was approximately 63%. Well, to the United States, they got a lot of not a little uh, wealth diagram determining who we know all this, uh, from what I do, uh, talking about uh, the wealth uh, distribution in the United States and how, you know, that uh, uh, bottom 20%, which includes most American rapping, is uh, so far down the, down the, on the old uh, totem pole that it's hardly noticeable. Uh, the top 2%, top Point two of one percent of the U.S. population, thus multiplying the U.S. population by country, you get approximately four hundred eighty thousand people. So less than one half million of the nearly two hundred forty million people in the United States control seventy percent of the wealth. Well, that thing got worse, y'all, because this this thing here was nineteen seventy nine. Now the population is well over three hundred million. So, yeah, the wealth uh, distribution gap has grown since this thing was over. Yeah, it's been 30, 30 years ago. The wealth uh, disparity has widened tremendously since this thing was written, since this was put together, y'all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. According to this, these uh, data, according to these, uh, this data, the top two tenths, one percent of the population controls seven percent of the nation's uh, personal wealth. In contrast, in contrast, the bottom sixty percent of the population controls less than ten percent of the personal wealth. 
there is as much dignity in that as there is in any work to be done in this country, including my own. Right. <laughs> As Nixon, the president says, uh, tell your bid fans is uh, provides just as much dignity as uh, being president of the United States. Imagine that. This attitude implies that the poor should not be pampered with welfare because it destroys their incentive uh, to work. While such a view is very uh, widely held. In 1972, Harris Poll found that nearly 9 out of 10 Americans favored the idea of making people on welfare go to work. And a Yellow Poll in the same uh, year found that more than half of the population regards the poor as responsible for their own poverty. Imagine that. A1978 New York Times CBS News Poll found that 54% of the population believed that most people who received welfare could get along without it if they tried. These attitudes bear virtually no relationship to reality. A quarter of the poor are actually engaged in full-time employment, but simply do not earn enough to bring their incomes up to the poverty line. What about those on welfare? The supposed freeloaders who choose not to work. An analysis revealed the following about their uh, composition. Children under 15, 34%, elderly, 65 and over 18%, young and disabled, 4.7%, in school, 14 and over 6.6%, total 63%. In other words, nearly 64% of the poor are poor on welfare were incapable of working anyway. Of the remaining 36.1%, 23% worked, and 12% did not. Of those 12.3% who could have worked, 10.9% were females. The vast majority of whom were at home caring for small children. Thus, only 1.4% of all those on welfare were well able bodied unemployed adult males, many of them lacking skills and many of them live in areas of high unemployment. This is quite interesting, folks. Uh, one thing about going back to school at 70, <laughs> you uh, get a chance to uh, expand your uh, your uh, mind, expand your uh, uh, well, you get exposed to more current data on social stratification uh, type of thing that society ideology set is talking about here. Uh, Really interesting stuff here. I'm glad I I had a chance to to share this with you because it's going to make my uh, it's going to make me writing this paper a lot easier when I get off this air here. I will have I will have uh, read the thing I will have read this thing and be able to uh, answer questions uh, uh, right away here. But, uh, yeah, ideology set. Hmm. Social stratification. Ideology and social stratification by I.N. Robertson. 
excerpt from the first edition of his textbook, Sociology. Uh, great, great stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying my school here. I mean, young folks that I'm in class with think I'm a relic. <laughs> they, they think the high school is a relic. And that's, you know, well, yeah, I, I've been to school with the 18 to 21 year olds just out of high school, so I can, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm having fun trying to, uh, Pass on and the little uh, the little uh, knowledge that I have that I've gained over uh, over the years through uh, my own uh, observation, my own uh, uh, science of observation, and uh, what that and, and learning a lot from uh, these young folks. Some of your folks are pretty sharp, believe it or not. Uh, quite as a skill. Some of them are pretty sharp, and I I try to uh, pick up whatever I can from them. Because you, you're never too old to learn new tricks, y'all. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're never too old to learn new tricks. That's just a fact. Hey, uh, we're going to take another pause here for the calls. Last time we got back out here late and left the mic off for about five minutes. We ain't going to do that no more. <laughs> hey, hey uh, welcome to the Hushmore Black Forum, where I model this to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And I was going to say sometime we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey,
pump that water right into the Grand Canyon for safekeeping. But then pump it out throughout the country where there's droughts, like California. Create your own way for us. <sighs> I want something for the scientists to think about. Try to get interstate highways running across the country. Uh, Why not put uh, pipes and water things uh, along them to uh, move water along? Come on. Who? That would scare me to death. 
Donald Trump and Ben Carson on the Imagine that. Same time, same place, blog talk video, y'all. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. <laughs>